What's the deal with the New York Football Giants? Are they good? Are they bad? I don't know. They don't even know. You think the offensive linemen are just looking at each other down there going, Hey, who's we supposed to block? How are you supposed to respond to that? They don't even know my coaches. <laughs> it's a bye week. You're supposed to say goodbye to your friends, not catch COVID. <laughs> we are back. We are back. Giants fans, welcome to Big Blue All Year, the podcast that brings you New York football Giants content all year long. While your host toe tap the line between podcast professionals and a bunch of fanatics talking shit at the end of the bar. Tonight's episode of Big Blue All Year is not brought to you by anyone. Insert sponsor here. Don't forget to follow on Twitter at Big Blue All Year and rate and subscribe wherever podcasts are found. Adult content ahead because, you know, we're doing it live. Surprise, Giants fans. Welcome to Bye Week Banter with the Burger. Your favorite snack is hosting. Mac is driving and God knows where. Possibly Ohio. Disciples got COVID. It's a beautiful Sunday morning. And today's theme is... This week's episode is a show about nothing because there's no Giants game, but it's a show about everything. Giants are still in the playoff race. The team's getting healthy. Coaches are getting fired. We're bringing it all to you. But first, let's go to the headlines. For that, we get into a segment that lets my distinguished partners stick on a headline to talk about or kick it to the next one. So, Mac. Hello, hello. Disciple. You. Oh boy, answer me that age-old playground taunt. Are you kicking it or are you sticking it? Giants' two-game win streak puts them squarely in the NFC East title race. Look, Berger, we're going to be talking about this every single week from now until the end of the season, and whatever happens today could substantially change the conversation. So I'm going to have to kick it. Can I kick it? Per Pro Football Focus, Daniel Jones had a 93.1 passing grade from a clean pocket against the Eagles, ranking first in the league, going 18 for 18 for 188 yards. Yeah, I'm going to have to stick this one. I think it really just goes to show the Eli comparisons are kind of spot on because, dude, when he's got time and he's got that clean pocket, he has the ability to pick your defense apart. So, And Daniel Jones can run way better than Eli. Honestly, went perfect. 18 for 18, 188 yards from the clean pocket. You got to love it. Hopefully, we see more clean pockets going forward. That that seems like a key to victory for the Giants. Back to you, Berger. He stuck the landing. Multiple Giants players have been placed in COVID protocol, and their status for Week 12 is in question. There's a chance the Giants could be without kicker Graham Gano, Riley Dixon, long snapper Casey Kreider, O-lineman Matt Pert, wide receiver Dante Pettis, and tight end Caden Smith. I'm going to keep this real quick. Look, on a personal note, let's just hope that they are healthy and safe and so are their families. On a football note, yeah, that's going to suck if we're without that many players at those positions uh, against the Bengals, but it's special teams and a couple backups. Uh, Let's kick it. Giants expect injured players, linebacker Tay Crowder, O'Shane Zimenez, cornerback Ryan Lewis, and rookie safety Xavier McKinney to return for their Week 12 matchup with the Bengals. All right, I got to stick this one, too. Uh, we've been patiently waiting for Xavier McKinney to get healthy, and it looks it's looking like next week he'll finally be joining the team. And I think that's a huge, huge deal, especially adding somebody to that 
secondary, which is without that cornerback, I think somebody might move from safety over there on a few snaps and get, uh, you know, McKinney going at safety. I'd like to see Tate Crowder again. Obviously, haven't seen him since he won that first uh, Washington game for us. And Simenez, you know, I'm happy that he's coming off too, but, you know, I, I'm so excited about Xavier McKinney. I can't even, like, contain it. But let's keep moving. Burger. Stuck the landing. Former Giants first-round draft choice DeAndre Baker has had all charges against him dropped after a lawyer for the quote-unquote victims was arrested for extortion. He's now signed to the Chiefs practice squad. Is there any story that is more befitting of the clusterfuck of a year that has been 2020? I have a feeling that my takes on DeAndre Baker from earlier in the year are going to be pretty hurtful to listen to now. Wish the kid all the best. Wish it hadn't happened and he was still with the Giants, but let's kick it. Giants fire offensive line coach Mark Colombo and replace him with longtime assistant David Oh my God, I don't even know how to pronounce his last name. DeGuglielmo? I don't even know. DeGuglielmo? <laughs> or you if you're Italian. DeGuglielmo. Yeah. That yeah. That GLI. That's how you say that in Italian. But anyway, I'm going to stick this one. <clears throat> All right. So we got a long time kind of bubbling tension between Mark Colombo, the offensive line coach, and Joe Judge. There were reports in the beginning of the season that these two coaching styles may not really mesh too well. And uh, alas, it's uh, it's shown itself. Uh, you know, you got Mark Colombo and Joe Judge. They say Mark Colombo is more of like a rah-rah guy and not like a technical guy. And I, when you're coaching young offensive linemen and not all pros like in Dallas, you know, you have to show that technique. And the, the beef really was uh, exacerbated by the fact that Joe Judge saw the weakness being the offensive line. And he's like, well, I got to coach these guys myself. You know, Mark Colombo's not cutting it. Let me hire this uh, consultant, Gooch, as they call him, and bring him in. As you know, just another voice for these young guys to uh, listen to. And uh, Mark Colombo didn't like that. One thing leads to another. Mark Colombo calls Joe Judge dirty, dirty words. And uh, here we are. So, you know what? If Joe Judge believes that this is the best uh, thing moving forward, then we just got to trust him. It's unfortunate Mark Colombo couldn't work out. I'm uh, anxious to see what kind of dynamic that leaves Jason Garrett and every, everybody else, but stuck the landing. we'll uh, keep it moving. Burger? And Joe Judge, we trust, correct? Oh, yeah. yeah. That does, uh, does it from this week's headlines. Now a word from our non-sponsor. This week's episode of Big Blue All Year is not sponsored by Hulu, where you can stream classic titles like Seinfeld. Believe it or not, Mark isn't at home, so leave a message at the beep. I must be out before I pick up the phone. Where could I be? Believe it or not, I'm not home. Mark, this is Coach Gary. Pick up. I know you're screening for Judge. Hey, Jason Garrett. How you doing? What do you say? Meet at the coffee shop? 
Nah, man, I can't. Joe Judge knows I go there. I can't do it. Oh, yeah, hold on. I got another call coming in. I got to let it go straight to voicemail. Believe it or not, Mark isn't at home, so leave a message at the beep. I must be out before I pick up the phone. Where could I be? Believe it or not, I'm not home. Mark, it's Coach Judge. I know you're avoiding me. God, I hate that fucking voicemail. I'm at the facility. Call me ASAP. Hello, Coach Judge. It's Mark Colombo. You know... I tried you at home, but I guess you're at the office. You know, that's just too bad. Hey, I'll see you in Cincinnati, all right? Hulu, now featuring live sports. Plus, the largest streaming TV library. And now, back to the show. Are we back, gentlemen? We are back! We are back! Where where are we in terms of the Giants right now? Disciple, talk to me. I don't know. I'm... Uh... As of right now, we're in second place in the division in a heated up race. It's, you know, going to be Thanksgiving and we're still right there somehow. You know, it's all relative. People are like, yeah, the division sucks, but like, that's not our fucking fault, bro. We just playing it. We don't make the rules, man. It's one of these teams is hosting a playoff game and I hope it's fucking us. That's it. One game at a time. Everybody knows the rules. Everybody knows the fucking rules. I'm not giving a fuck about the draft until they're mathematically eliminated from playoff contention. I'm sick of looking at the draft. I'm so happy it's Thanksgiving, and I'm out of fucks to give about the draft. Thank God, because it's, it's been three shitty years. So 18, 19. Are you saying we're 17, 18, 19. Is that where you're getting at? We are contenders until we are not. That's what I say. Contenders for what? The division. Okay. All right. They're sure not really contenders. Contend- Let me, okay, okay, that's okay. what I've asked. Let's define the word contender. They are absolutely alive in this division, but they're do not they are about four to five good players away from competing for real. But I, I it's not crazy to think that, that could be next year. But if they can get into the playoffs, they'd be the one team that I don't think anybody wants to play. You want to play this team that's played right up with everybody that almost beat the Buccaneers on the last second, you know, like eight points away away from beating the Rams that are looking like a great team right now. You know, that's not a, that's not a favorable matchup for some teams. They don't want to come into New York in in January. Now I know I know there's a lot to happen before that actually happens, but. To, the fact that it's even on the horizon right now is a huge win for this season, regardless of what the end result is. So well, you know, we, we do have reinforcements on. on the way. You do like you, so you're saying we're four or five players away. We have a couple of players coming back to help this team. We are we are a CB two, a legitimate edge rusher, a wide receiver one, and maybe another lineman away. Hmm. Okay, so I'm going to pump the brakes on you there. No, I don't wait, hold on, I'm not done. Yet. Mr. Vice President, I'm speaking. Oh, you want to keep going? Oh, tell me more, B. You're I'm just saying, hold on. Look at, look at how... Excuse me. Look, look at how this team has progressed this season. Look how much different they looked against the Pittsburgh Steelers, especially in the run game. And look at what they look like now. And that this is only... You know, they're really learning on the fly. They basically... All these guys got tossed into the fire. A lot of rookies, dude. And I don't want to say nothing. A lot of people want to fucking bash Gettleman, but they say 
a great draft if you're a GM is if you get three starting players. He might have found three just on the offensive line, which is crazy. You know, and he made some great moves this offseason. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, you know, crowning the guy, but I think you have to give credits where it's due, especially when you. I tend to talk a lot of shit about him, but like, you know, I gotta, you gotta be both. You can't just, you know, use your personal biases or whatever. I will give him credit that he potentially signed two Pro Bowlers in free agency, which is a very hard thing to do. And he Bradbury drafted Parks. James Bradbury too. Don't forget that. Can't sleep on that. You're absolutely right. But we got to realize, though, that we've only beaten Washington twice and we beat an Eagles team when which I actually beat them twice. But let's just say we're the skinniest fat kid at camp right now. You know, this joke's <laughs> this division's a joke. Too real. Too real of a reference. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? What are you trying to say? We, this, this, like you said before, this team's a couple players away from being real contenders. I, I don't think we're there yet. Um, I'm, I'm going to have to disagree with you. I, I don't think this team has it in them yet to get the division. I love, you know, it's like, why not us mentality? You're right. But I just, I, don't, I think they're too young. They're too raw. Uh, they're too inconsistent where they can make noise and host a playoff game, which is still absurd. How if we but win yeah, I mean, what if they end up going seven and nine, six and 10? That might win the division, bro. I honestly think six and 10 is going to win this division at this point. It's so. Why bad. not us, though? I, I think yeah, all we have to do nine, is split. Seven wins, I think, is a guarantee. All we have to do oh, is split the last six. That's it. And we play the Bengals and the Cowboys. We just got to steal one win from the Browns, Cardinals, or dare I say Ravens or Seahawks. Oof. I don't know, dude. I mean, like, you know, a Disciple, I'm on, your, I'm on your team. I'm just saying the casual way that you're saying all we have to do is split. <laughs> In other ways, you're saying we need to double our win total with one-third of the opportunities we've had the whole season to do so. I'm just I, – I am on your side here. But I just that was a very casual way. To I say, know. Oh, and I hate to say it. I really hate to be again. like this. And I hate that should have could have would have mentality because that's like the worst kinds of fucking people. But like there's a very real scenario where the Giants are a handful of literal plays, literal snaps of the ball, a handful of a few snaps of the ball away from being like, you know, six and four, maybe something crazy like that. I don't know. In Evan Ingram's case, a literal handful, you're correct. Um, Dude, the, exactly. I, I have a question for the both of you, though. And I, I don't want to get too forward-looking. So in the context of this season, I and I guess next, you hear me talk a lot about how progression is not linear. This isn't Madden. But how much stock do either of you put in this the COVID year, no offseason, new coaching staff, and the idea that, as Big Mac likes to say, the snowball that is rolling down the mountain – and that, yes, we were a, we're a talent-deficient team that is figuring out how to play and that this could be the start of a little run here. You know, is there any credence to the idea that it's taken 10 weeks for this team to sort of figure out what its identity is and it really buying into the why not us? Uh, I, I know it gets me excited for next year, uh, <laughs> thinking when they have all of this time to build this team. And, well, here's the thing. Here's when you say – uh, how much does that have to do with it? Well, the COVID shutdown, like when basketball shut down, that was like the week before St. Patty's Day, right? And when the was when the bar I, when the in Dallas when the Mavs got called off the court, it was so surreal. It's like a dystopian nightmare. No, it really was. I remember that day so fucking vividly. Everything just stopped, and it was like 
But that was right around the time that I feel like these teams uh, start the OTAs, start like all that other shit. They start the voluntary OTAs. They start coming in like April. You know what I mean? And that just kind of fucked everything up. So, you know, had they had like a real off season like that and all that other shit, like, you know, they might have came out the gate looking a lot better. But because like that's what I said in the summer, I said, you know, I don't be surprised if we see some ugly football starting starting the season off. And that's, you know, we saw something like that. You know what? Oh, and six, oh, and seven. That's it's hard to come back from. What do you say to that, Berger? Do you feel any more optimistic thinking that this team could be? We're seeing a different version of this team, or do you not like it? Is it not realistic to expect that level of progression mid season when you're trying to plan game plan week to week? Um, well, you, you're seeing the Giants evolve now with the run game helping this team so much right now. You're seeing a completely different team, which is why I see why you guys are optimistic. It's great. But imagine when the run game gets shut down. Like, they are very one-dimensional, and this team won't be really contending in games. And, like, I, Hold on. For Can it. I tell you something? Listen, I have to say the craziest part. Think of how they started out the year rushing. Right. They were bad the first couple games, like very, very bad, like 10 yards. Saquon had the first game. Right. You remember that? Woof. Uh, answer me, yes. Berger. Do you remember that? Yes, yes, yes. I hear you. OK. As of right now, the New York Giants average 4.5 rushing yards per attempt, which is 0.5 more than the league average. And they have 1100 rushing yards which is 100 yards more than the league average of 1,000. Yes, I know Daniel Jones is helping that a lot, but now they're also rushing for 110 yards per game on average. That's crazy what to think about how they started off and now they are above the league averages and everything. So something has to okay, be said. Okay, so about how about I, I, I phrase this? This is yeah. a different we team. We just than fire you saw our offensive one. line coach. What friction is that going to cause? Or what momentum do you think that we were building? Was that just lost? Like we have, we have a new coach now. Like is that. Is that like, are we picking up pieces? Like what's going on? I'm so, all right. Listen, listen, I would rather. I, if, if Joe judge thinks it's the best thing going forward, then it's the best thing going forward. And if he has his own fucking uh, beef with Mark Colombo and he decided to do that, then you know what? I, I, I guess I'm behind it as of right now until any, there's any kind of ripple effect, but I don't, I, I don't think that we're going to see that. I think that the players would choose judge over Colombo. I, at least I hope well, that's what I'm getting at. So, uh, young... go, go, well, I was going to phrase this question to you yeah. both. Um, do you, how Joe judge handled this, this micromanaging? Do you think it was handled the right way or the wrong way? Like in a professional world where you get micromanaged, nobody likes it. And that's why like Colombo lost his shit, obviously. Well, uh, listen, I mean, what if you put this in the context of like a job that's not a professional football team? Let's say Mac is a, a salesman mm. and the, uh, imagine that. Yes. you know, and the sales manager, the sales manager calls in and helps him with a sale. That's essentially what they wanted this guy Goose to be. He wouldn't he wouldn't even have the title. He was just a consultant. And that's if you have the fucking, you know, I feel like to be a, a coach, you have to you have to actually be coachable. And if you're not, you know, I don't know. Why wouldn't you be willing to at least listen to an outside guy who 
you know, not for nothing, is a pretty well-known figure in the realm of coaching offensive linemen. What, what do you think, Mac? Okay, so I was going to get into this later in the episode, but let's talk about it right now. I, I, I have a lot of mixed feelings on this. We're going to have to see how it plays out. If there's any credence to the timeline that the offensive line improvements started to happen around the time that Joe uh, Judge was spending more time with the offensive line unit, then I'm feeling pretty good about where we're going to go. I think it'll be fine. But in the situation you've just described, uh, let me think of an alternative approach to that. Yeah, no one likes a micromanager, but look at it from this perspective. Let's say I'm on a team, say, sure, call it a sales team. And you have a manager that was recently a salesperson, is in the trenches with you, as you just said, is on calls with you, helping you make sales, You're is defending you to the boss and to the media because the team has been struggling early on and not hitting the forecasts. And then all of a sudden, the CFO or the sales supervisor starts coming into your weekly meetings and ripping apart the team in front of everybody. And you find out your manager goes in and defends you to this base and then gets fired. I don't think you're going to be super jacked up to change loyalties to the new guy who's coming in from your supervisor who's, you know, barking orders. So I, I don't think that's going to happen. These are professionals. They got a job to do, but I'm just saying from a different perspective, when you're close to that person who's in the trenches with you and someone over top rips out the roots, I don't know. They might think some type of way about that. That's all I'm saying. Now, in a professional oh, world, you can't go into your boss's office, kick his dog, steal his pens, and think your ass ain't going to get fired. So he must be crazy. <laughs> well, here's here's just what I wanted to say. Like I said, Joe Judge has really placed an emphasis on teaching like we're here, we're teaching these guys. Maybe Mark Colombo's not that good of a teacher. And if he had to help out for the last couple of weeks, then yes, there had to be something. And then Judge this guy, Gooch, is a good teacher. I mean, I mean, not for nothing. And I know I say that phrase a lot, but not for nothing. This guy, Gooch, uh, coached Quentin Nelson his his rookie year in Indianapolis. And he's got Giants roots. He said the best coach he ever worked under was Tom Coughlin. So I, I David Deal he... had a lot of po- David Deal had a lot of positive things to say about him this morning on WFAN. It was actually quite positive. Really? And, Damn, and I'll I too, if, if, if you want to talk about a professional atmosphere, look, Colombo, yeah, you're right. The writing's on the wall, right? And you might be hurt egotistically as a man and as a professional having someone come in and watch over your back. But guess what? If you want to be a professional and you want to get another job, the best thing that you can do is suck it up for this year. Make sure you do the best you can for this offensive line. And who cares if Duke uh, Guglielmo gets some of the credit? You're going to get another job when you want to get off this team next year and get out from under Joe Judge. You walk in there making a huge shitstorm um, in the office. You know that's that only looks bad on you. We can say whatever we want about Judge and the circumstances of which it happened. But if your subordinate walks into your office and says what we all believe was said, there there was no other option but to fire him. And that's on Colombo, regardless if you want to say that Joe Judge's style is uh, micromanagerial or grading. It's, that's just how could you possibly respect Judge if he let someone talk to him like that? Mm. Yeah, that is facts too. You're gonna just yeah. sit there and let and take that? Like, nah. Does he look like a bitch? Oh no. I'm sorry. I think Joe Judge did what he had no, to I th- do. No, yeah. I think I think I think Columbo's reaction 
is what really fucking set it all off. All right, well, this is a good point. Let's, let's transition here to um, what we're going to keep going into anyway. What the F would it look like? Each week, we'll post a hypothetical and discuss what the fuck the world will look like if that were to come true. What the fuck would it look like if a 6'8 behemoth lead singer of a heavy metal band got in your face and called you a little cunt bitch? But y'all don't say that. And folks, that's why I quickly transitioned, because now we can talk about how Mark Colombo pretty much got in Joe Judge's face. And I would honestly, if that happened to me, I'd fucking piss my pants. Yeah, imagine the height difference. (laughs) Like, let's be honest. Are you kidding me? Mark Colombo is a mammoth of a man. I, if this was like out on the streets, I, I would probably take the wuss way out, try to kick him in the nuts, and run away screaming as fast as possible. That is a terrifying human being. Yeah, I can't really uh, argue with that. That was a uh, pretty well said. Disciple, how would you handle this? You're you're a mountain man. You're like what, like six two? Yeah, but he's a he's a I lovable know, giant man. though. He's he's the uh, the he's a hairy uh, giant. Yeah, I'm a lover, yeah. not a fighter. He's the, B- he's the big BFG. He's the big friendly giant. <laughs> you ever see? You ever see the movie Back to School? Of course, no. the Triple Lindy. No, that's just because I said uh, I'm a lover, not a fighter. And these kids, they were in grade school at the time. Well, I didn't know you wanted to get involved <laughs> in the discussion, Mister Helper. Sam Kinison, while pussies like you, we're back here partying, doing drugs, listen to the goddamn Beatle albums. Oh! <laughs> All right, so I think what we've learned is Disciples' flight or fight response would be to start just reciting Rodney Dangerfield movies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll just start singing Metallica from Mark Colombo if he's in my face. Oh, so you would serenade him. Got it. I mean, I, what other choice do I have? Okay, folks. So I think you've got you've got two pussy responses for Mac and myself, and then disciple being the lovable approach. So, let's, I'm a uh, sweet let's, talker. I'll, I'll talk him. I'll <laughs> I'll talk him out of fucking me up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, let's keep it moving, folks. All right. Now to everyone's favorite on air game show. Would you rather, Mac? You're up first. And I have here for you. Would you rather have the Giants go six and ten but miss the playoffs, or lose the remaining games of the season, finishing three and thirteen, and end up with a top five pick? Wow, that's that's tough. Yeah. Uh, but I'm going with my gut reaction: six and ten, miss the playoffs. If you get in the playoffs, I think you automatically have a certain draft pick, regardless of record. Yeah, they're going to uh, be eighteenth like if they okay. If so they make the playoffs and, and lose right away. Right. So if in that scenario, we still get a pretty decent draft pick, you're building on this team, you're getting momentum, the young team's learning to win. I'm going six and 10. That's I want to keep watching these games uh, with excitement. So six and 10. Done deal. All right. All right, Disciple, you're up. So the Buccaneers are already paying Mike Evans about 15 million a year for a couple seasons. Chris Godwin is due to be a free agent this offseason is going to get a sizable raise. If Chris Godwin is able to test the open market this offseason, would you rather have the Giants pay top dollar for a premier wide receiver or allocate that money to address other holes on this roster and address the receiver position in the draft? Ha. Mm-hmm. Honestly, 
just because I, it, it depends on other moves that they would do. Like if they cut Solder, I might be down with that or something like that. I don't know. They're not, they're not but I feel cut. like – no, okay. I, I probably would prefer a free agent wide receiver just because, you know, sometimes these receivers take a couple years to even just get out of their shell. You know what I mean? Oh, I'd rather have I'd team. rather have like a, f- a five year veteran, twenty six years old, like the, the a Bradbury wide receiver, maybe like an Allen Robinson or like you said, Chris Godwin, one of those mm-hmm. guys that's already established as a pass catcher. And that's that's exactly the kind of target that Daniel Jones needs. It's exactly what this team needs, you know. Obviously, Absolutely. Golden Tate hasn't really been living up to the bill this year, dude. But he has he has answered when he's been called. He just hasn't been targeted that much. I feel like. Yeah. Okay, well, Mac, if you were to get into a bar fight, would you rather have Brandon Jacobs or Steve Weatherford to have your back? Wow, wow. <laughs> what a phenomenal question. Yes. Uh, but as much as I love me some Steve we- Weatherford to punt, um, I love that man, and he's yoked. But you'd oh, be crazy jacked. not to go with Brandon Jacobs. Like, that man is a monster. Like, what is he, six foot four? 240, I think. 65. I mean, he was Derrick Henry before Derrick Henry existed. Um, The man's a monster. And he also seems like just such a loyal, like, he's the guy standing behind you, giving the crazy eyes while someone's talking shit to you. Absolutely, Brandon (laughs) Jacobs in my corner, 100%. So I love it. That's incredible. I love it. All right. Last one's for you, Disciple. I'm going to give you a scenario. It's fourth and goal. We're on the opposing team's 10 yard line. Last play of the game. You need to score a touchdown and win the game. Would you rather have the ball in Phil Simms' hands or Eli Manning's? Eli Manning. Wow. Not that quick, huh? Woo. Listen, I didn't see Phil play, but I did see many, many, many fourth quarter comebacks attributed to Eli Manning as I was growing up. You know, he was a quarterback from when I was in. Uh, fifth grade to after I graduated college, which is fucking crazy. Just goes to show how long he was actually here. All right, fair okay. enough. Maybe Bill Sims on that one. Dude, they were both pretty good, but I mean, I don't know. Dude, Eli Manning in the in that two minute drill was something else. Did All right, Mac, I'm curious, <laughs> who would you take? So I, I, I hate to date myself as well, but the I got to go, Eli. I mean, that's we got to get a poll up or here or something and get some generational bias out of this. But I think there was a point where Eli had the record for most fourth quarter comebacks in a single season, which means if he owned it, then that's more so in that context than Phil ever did. All respect to what Sims did for the organization. But Eli is my manning now and forever. And hands down. All right, fair enough. Okay, that brings us to uh, huge predictions now, boys. Um, huge predictions is not brought to you by Fusil Automotive, but we're working on it. So if anyone knows their VP of marketing, please hit us up on Twitter at Big Blue All Year. So the Burgers huge prediction is that a report will come out this week that Mark Colombo was the person who leaked negative comments about Joe Judge this week and was talking shit. So. We'll see how that goes, but that's where I'm, I'm going with that. What about you, Disciple? Well, for my huge prediction, and I really hope it comes true, the Dallas Cowboys will be Dallas. shut out by the Minnesota Vikings today at 425 p.m. Book it. Book it. 
you know, it's going to be huge. You know, Joe Judge has got a lot of shit in the media this week, but he keeps preaching we need to go 1-0. and So for the Giants to be successful this week, I'm taking it one step further from the disciple. The Bengals, the Vikings, and whatever team that the the Browns, excuse me, are going to all beat the NFC least this week by double digits each. And the hype train for the Giants will officially be pushing out of the station. Oh, boy. That's a huge prediction, Mac. Ooh-wee. All right. If you haven't figured it out by now, folks, we're possessed by the spirits that reside at 1925 Giants Drive. But hey, even they make mistakes. So let's exercise tonight's demons with the shaman. Okay, so I waited until after the Cowboys game to record this exorcism. The Cowboys and the Washington football team both won today. The Eagles lost. The NFC East standings currently are Eagles number one at three and six. The Giants, Washington, and the Cowboys are tied for second place with three and seven records. The NFC Least is not doing great. Neither are your huge predictions. But it is anyone's game, and the Giants are still in the race. All right, all you dreamers and creamers. Let's end tonight with the fact that the NFL isn't aware of the Giants are young. They're aggressive. They're improving. New York. Football. Giants. Ah. God, I love that. For Mac, the Disciple, and the Shaman, I'm Burger. We're Big Blue all year. Good night.